This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are about to listen to a special free preview of this month's edition of the Top Rope Nation Classics Bonus Podcast, a show we do exclusively for our Patreon supporters each and every month. If you enjoy what you hear, click the link in the podcast description to visit our Patreon page and start enjoying exclusive content. We've been producing the show each and every week for the past five years, and Patreon is the best way to support the show and help us take it to the next level. For your pledge of just a couple of dollars of support each month, you gain access to all of our Top Rope Nation Classics bonus podcasts, including this one, as well as all of the past editions currently available in the archives the minute you sign up. Plus, a free gift when you join, monthly members-only Zoom hangouts with myself, Justin, and Kyle, a book club with the opportunity to have question and answer sessions with well-known authors, an ads-free early release version of the weekly show, free merchandise, and a lot more. Once again, click the link in the podcast description to read more about all of the tiers and benefits. We would be honored to have your support. Enjoy this special free preview of this month's exclusive bonus show, and we hope to see you over on Patreon. the 16th edition of Top Rope Nation Classics, the most recent show we have ever done on the Top Rope Nation Classics series. We're going to be looking at WWE WrestleMania 22 from 2006, which is a very interesting show for a number of reasons. Maybe first and foremost, because I was in attendance at this show. Uh, so hopefully I can share a little bit of tidbits from the weekend in Chicago that you wouldn't know from uh, most people you know, who have been talking about this show over the years. I'll make this one a little bit unique for you. So Kyle and Justin, I, I, I think we said in, in the weeks leading up to this show, we, you know, we had the poll on Patreon. This is the one that won by only a single vote, though. But we were kind of hoping that this one would win and so for you kyle why was wrestlemania 22 a show you wanted to dissect for classics here for patrons well one because you were there and i wanted that live in-person uh perspective and two what was i doing the day of wrestlemania 22 back in 2006 well i was co-hosting an all-day podcast about wrestlemania 22 yes Yes. uh the more things change the more they stay the same (laughs) as cinderella once saying justin joint (laughs) 
And thanks to uh, patron of the show, Liam O'Rourke, he actually has some of those old podcasts saved. And that WrestleMania 22 Super Show was one of them he sent me several months ago. So I actually have that. Uh, maybe I can include some clips in this Ooh, podcast. I don't know. <laughs> if you think of anything that i can clip because it's a pretty long show it's gonna be hard for me to find certain clips but yeah all day yeah i'll tell you what um at the end of the podcast i'm going to talk about uh some reasons why this was a hard show to evaluate in the moment uh one of them was the fact i was completely sloshed <laughs> yeah this is a it's interesting because this show has aged pretty well i feel like you know, we'll talk about it, but like having been there at the time, I didn't feel like I saw like a remarkable WrestleMania or anything like that. But as time's gone by, I look back and I'm like, oh, it was actually a pretty good show overall, I think. Justin Joint, um, first of all, when was the first time you saw WrestleMania 22? Did you watch this one on pay-per-view? Did you see it in the immediate aftermath? Were you in one of your dark periods? And what was going on in your life in early 2006? I was uh, full on in my second uh, wrestling fandom dark age, uh, which kind of started around WrestleMania 21. And by this, by the time this rolled around, I I don't think I was even checking results anymore. Um, So I'm excited to talk about this one just to hear uh, you guys and your experiences with it, because it was kind of an interesting watch. This was the first time I watched it from start to finish. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've I've gone through and watched basically every match before, but never actually sat down to watch the whole thing. So uh, it was uh, it was very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was 22 years old. I'd never been to a WrestleMania. Always wanted to go to a WrestleMania. This was the best chance to finally go. Uh, I was in college at the time. I should have been graduating from college, but. Uh, Change majors and uh, ended up doing the super duper senior route in college. Oh, by the way, speaking of college, I just hope to be treated better tonight by the Missouri Valley than my alma mater was treated by Creighton on Monday night. Ooh, that was ugly. <laughs> yeah. Please yep. take it easy on me. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I was at the University of Northern Iowa. I had just switched to being a teaching major. So uh, the Monday morning after WrestleMania, I had to get back by early afternoon. There was like a teacher education induction ceremony at this performing arts center here in Excuse Cedar Falls. Me. Yeah, so I, I had to make it back in time for that. So we left pretty early the morning after, which is, Justin, similar to not as early not as early as New Orleans when we went to 34, but still it was like, got to get going what in the morning kind of thing. the hell is up with you? And you just need to get away from <laughs> WrestleMania as quickly as possible. Seriously, the next time I go, I'm sleeping in Monday morning, maybe stay for Raw. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that again. What so, was your major before education, may I ask? How, how, how may I count the ways? Um, my first major was computer science. Oh. Uh, I never actually took any classes for that. It was just like my declared major. And then I switched to, uh, let's see, marketing in the business college. Also never took any classes for that. My uncle kind of scared me away from it because he majored in that. And then I went into electronic media, which was like audio video production, which oh. helps me a lot with this show. And that was i stuck with that for quite a while and honestly like if i wasn't so worried about the job market i probably would have stayed with that major but i got really worried about getting a job out of school and i needed health insurance and so i find i was just like you know there's schools everywhere there's always a school to get a job at i you know i liked history class in school so i decided to switch to 
being a history teacher major, you know, it was a good, good decision for me. I used the uh, electronic media classes that I had already done to, I moved those to count for a minor in journalism, basically. So yeah, I had like, I mean, wow. that, that was my senior year of college and I was not close to done. I still had a while left. Woo! So yeah, I switched majors. Wow. I, I was a poli sci major. That'd do jack shit for me right now. Yeah. I, I almost like minored in that because I took 15 credit hours in political science just so I could teach government. And now they've changed the way licensure works and I could teach it with like two classes. <laughs> but I took 15 credit hours in, in political science. So I was, I was, I was definitely like changing course. I was working part-time at Best Buy where I, I remember I used to see Justin occasionally. He would come in to pick up stuff when I was working. We had worked together at a small retail store a few years before that, which is where we met. So sometimes we talk about wrestling, but uh, I, I didn't see you too often during that period, Justin. I just remember seeing you here and there at Best Buy. Um, I went to Mania with a couple of friends. One who worked at Best Buy with me was a patron of the show, Tim Jensen. And uh, he Hi, went. And then my my good friend, Micah Jewell, went with me. And Micah and I like bought tickets together. Tim bought tickets with one of his friends. And you know we all kind of hung out in Chicago that weekend. We got the tickets in October. The show sold out in less than two minutes. This was the last WrestleMania held in an arena. You know, not counting the Performance Center due to the pandemic. So super hard ticket. Even harder, though, was the Hall of Fame. Because this is when they were actually having the Hall of Fame in theaters. So if you think there's just under 20,000 people in Chicago for WrestleMania, and then the Rosemont Theater for the Hall of Fame Saturday night only sat like 4,000 people. And a lot of that was the family members of WWE personnel. If, if I remember right, like the whole ground, like the 100 level of the theater was only WWE staff and their families. And so the only tickets were in the balconies. And amazingly enough, I got tickets to the Hall of Fame at face value. I actually pulled those tickets on Ticketmaster. Wow. But I was unable to get tickets to WrestleMania. So I remember I scalped tickets to Mania got the Hall of Fame tickets face value. And I, I believe for Tim, it was the reverse. He got Mania tickets, but had to scalp his Hall of Fame tickets. Or maybe I, I'm reversing either of ours. But I think I think that's how it went. I know I had to scalp one and one I got at face value. But they were both like really, really hard tickets. And, you know, I got the WrestleMania tickets thinking I was going to see Eddie Guerrero wrestle at WrestleMania because the tickets went on sale in October. And obviously... Eddie's tragic death was in November, just a couple of weeks after that. Mm. Changed the whole feel of the show, obviously changed the Hall of Fame. He would be inducted into the Hall of Fame. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. And now, Raw and SmackDown present WrestleMania.
Okay, so WrestleMania 22 at the Allstate Arena, as I said, the last arena WrestleMania uh, did 17,155 fans in attendance, 975,000 buys on pay-per-view. As I said earlier, the, the show sold out instantly from as far as tickets go, under two minutes. Uh, and it kind of interesting, you know, they had done WrestleMania in stadiums from 17, 18, and 19, three years in a row. And then they went back to the arenas for MSG for 20. Then, you know, they went out to LA Staples Center for 21. They did 22 here in Chicago and then 23 at Ford's Field. And then on, it's, it's all stadiums. And yeah. so it'd be great to see a WrestleMania in Chicago again, but they, you know, it's a little cold in April in Chicago. So they can't really run Soldier Field for a WrestleMania. This is kind of ironic given what transpires in the main event, but I'm sure you guys have seen that WrestleMania documentary they did a couple years ago, mm-hmm. more than a couple years ago. That was on the network, the history of WrestleMania. And mm-hmm. uh, it was John Cena, of all people, who said he really missed WrestleMania taking place in an arena environment. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense mm-hmm. why they don't do it, but um, man, you get that loud crowd. Yeah, exactly. That was that was something that definitely jumped out watching this show was, I mean, that crowd was electric and electric for some very strange things. <laughs> I think they actually kind of dampened the noise, too, in the main event uh, because of some of the foul mouth chants that happened, because I believe those it's very heavily edited versus what I experienced there. And they kind of brought the crowd noise down a little bit. But that arena, I've said it before is by far the loudest arena I have ever been in for anything. And it was, yeah, it was definitely electric that night. Um, it, it is kind of cool to have WrestleMania in that smaller environment. It feels more intimate. Obviously, we all went to manias at stadiums. Kyle more than us, but all of us were at, at New Orleans at the Superdome. It's just it's just a different feeling. I don't know if they'll ever go back to it. You know, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to see. But it's such a... It's a guaranteed moneymaker for the company to sell 60,000 tickets that it's hard to imagine it happening again. You know, they didn't, if they ever were going to do it, you would have thought maybe they would have went back to MSG for 25 or 30 and they didn't do it. So very doubtful. Yeah. yeah I remember when they didn't do that, it's like, no way they're doing an arena again. Yeah. And they didn't do it for, cause they had done it one 10 and 20. And when they skipped it, it's like, nope, Vince is done with the arenas. You mentioned the 975,000 total buys that's domestic plus international. I just wanted to point out, kind of reflective of some of the stuff we were talking about earlier, how Mania was perceived at the time. That is down from the previous two years, and it is also down compared to the following two years, which had the benefit of Donald Trump and Floyd Mayweather. Uh, But it is on par with 25 and more than 26. Yeah. Last time they did the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony in the theaters again, and I got to tell you guys, uh, or was it the last time? I'm not sure if they did it in Detroit at the theater or not. Maybe they did in Detroit, actually. I can't remember. That I don't know. But they stopped doing it in theaters. And I really miss having the Hall of Fame in that intimate environment because, like, even the tickets, I have my scrapbook here behind me. The tickets said, like, to dress, you're supposed to dress up for the, for the event. They wanted you to wear, like, a button up or something. It had, like, a kind of a fancy, actually, award show feel to it. I don't really like having the Hall of Fame in, in the basketball hockey arenas the way they have it now with all the fans just chanting throughout and all just dressed down, you know, like a re- regular wrestling show. I liked when the Hall of Fame felt like an actual event like that, you know, a fancy event. So I miss that. 
You're not going to get any disagreement with me, but, you know, asking the WWE fan base to dress up. Ooh, that's a tall order. <laughs> hey, I, I will say, though, like the people that were there, I mean, they probably felt fortunate to have tickets because it was such a hard ticket. But most of most of the people obliged. There, there were a few people in T-shirts, but I think most people dressed up a, a little bit for that. And I actually had a good story coming out of the Hall of Fame. So, like I said, Friday, we got to Chicago, hung out with some friends in town that night. Actually met up with Adam Martin and Paul Nemmer, who were two guys that I worked with at WrestleView.com for years before that. I had been writing for WrestleView for like four years. Adam, I knew, had met a few times because he lived in Cedar Rapids, not far from Waterloo Cedar Falls here in Iowa. But Paul's from Ottawa. He was the owner of WrestleView. He still is to this day. And I never met him in person. So we actually all got together at Paul's hotel that Friday night. That was a lot of fun. And then after the Hall of Fame Saturday night, we all got together and we walked from the Rosemont Theater to this Denny's that was about a mile down the road. And we ate at this Denny's afterwards. And as we're sitting there eating, about halfway through our meal, we look up and...